All right, good evening, everybody. We're now live to God be the glory. And um, boy, what a blessing from God to see so many miracles at work from the Lord. And to have Crystal come by yesterday, just put the icing on the cake with the baby. And it was just so, and she's so tiny. But she's our baby. She, she's precious. She really is, and she was asleep, so we didn't get a chance to play with her because she was sleeping. But to God be the glory for, for life itself. I was asking the kids earlier today, we did a very short Bible study because today was one, in fact, the last two days, yesterday and today, for me was like 300 miles an hour, <laughs> high speed. Um, I asked the kids two questions. What are the two top gifts that God gave us? Gifts. Yeah. Unfortunately, the kids didn't answer other than Kobe. Kobe said he gave us his son, Jesus. I said, absolutely, that is the number one gift. And the second one, I said, I asked them and they couldn't guess it. And Kobe raised his hand again. And Kobe said, he created us. Yeah, I said, that's it, Kobe. Those are the two top gifts. Yeah, he nailed them both. Life and life. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I read my notes. <laughs> that was a good one, Miss Vicky. Not very often she come out with something to make us laugh. Cause she's, my line. <laughs> that's your line. But anyway, um, <clears throat> one of the things I did not know this passage of scripture until today I just had an episode and and I started looking at the fact how God had created us and what Lord Jesus had done. Because, you know, this time of year should be a, be a celebration of the fullness of life in Christ Jesus. And every day really should be because the prophet Isaiah says something to the nation of Israel. And this is just a sidebar note for you. You don't have to turn there. But it's all, I was looking at Psalms 139, starting at verse 13, where David was talking about how God had created us. And, and God pays attention to every small detail of the baby in the womb. And he manages it. But then Paul said over in Colossians that it's Jesus. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, that Jesus is the one who God used to create us. Created the angels, created everything in heaven, everything on earth, and everything in between. Okay? But this passage of scripture from Isaiah, let me turn there so that you can, I want to read it to you. It really, really put the nail in the coffin for those who believe in abortions. Isaiah 46, 3 and 4. Listen what the Lord God said to his prophet son, Isaiah, to the nation of Israel. And I tell you, this is incredible. Isaiah chapter 
46, starting at verse 3. And Deke, I don't know how many times I read, well, I got both of the deacons here. Okay, Deacon a million. I don't know how many times over the years I've read Isaiah. Innumerable times, I guess, in my mind. But this one today, the Lord had it, it stood out to me as a cross-reference. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, who have been upheld by me from birth. Did you get that, Miss Vicky? Mine says from the belly. Okay, actually, the Hebrew is the belly. That is a proper translation. And I made it on my notes today because this was my own personal studying what today. Do you mean, the womb, you mean? Yes, the belly. Uh, uh, and that's what it's Chapter 46, verse 3. In the Hebrew, or the Jewish Bible, it says the womb. Mm -hmm. okay. But the proper translation probably should be the belly. And which we know is referring to the womb, right? Which means that you, God knows you from that point. From the moment that those seeds came together and a baby was conceived, it was that moment that God said, spiritually he said, I knew you from the, before the foundation of the world. But in the flesh now, he's saying, I knew you in your mother's womb, I upheld you. And so when we look at this, he said, who have been upheld by me from birth, who have been carried from the womb. He said, I've carried you from the womb. Upheld is another way of saying, I have sustained you while you were going through the gestation period. God said, I have cared for you. It was I who, yes, knew you and took care of you and made you, as David said, in the heart of the earth, in Psalms 139. And then what makes it even more special, all of it is special, is we look at verse 4. He said, even to your what, Miss Vicky? Your what, Miss Marie? Your old age, God, what is he saying to us? I have not let you go. Because I will be the same. Yes, I will be the same with you from the first day to your life. last day. I'm with you. Yeah. And I'm going, it hit me today like a ton of bricks going, wow, Lord Jesus. And Paul tells us in Colossians 1.16, it is Jesus who has done that. Because he's the creator. God created stuff by his son, Jesus. Jesus put us in our mother's womb and oversaw the intricate parts of us as he brought them together. And if you go back to Psalms 139, when David says, and you saw my frame and acts a proper translation, and you saw all of my bones. I mean, God was looking at as, as your bones developed. Oh. As you're that baby in the womb, God watched every one of your bones develop. And of course, <laughs> God totally 
involved in human creation by his son Jesus. Every life, the physical life and the spiritual life. It, it's just, how can anybody say God isn't real? How could they say that we just came here by an explosion and then evolved from a one-cell amoeba? And then over time, evolution, the evolutionary process took place. If that was true, we all had the same uh, fingerprints and everything. Yeah. And, 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 and in fact, the, it would be just the opposite in a sense. I, I'll tell you why. Because as cells begin to change structure, we call that uh, mutation. Mutation doesn't get better. Mutation gets worse. Okay? And therefore, it throws all those theories of evolution right out the door. And then, uh, I want to finish that part up. Ms. Vicky, it says here, even to your old age, I am he. And even to what? It says there, gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and what? And will deliver you. And to save you. Or save you. Otherwise, he said, do you know what he just said there, Ms. Vicky? He said, I know that I made you physically, and I know that I made you spiritually, but I know that you also need salvation. So I'm also doing that. <laughs> the best of both from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. That's Christmas. That's Christmas. And so, what I've seen through Christmas Child in the last two weeks, I've seen God carrying her. When the doctor said, we don't know why. It must be God. It's something like that he said, right? That's what she texted with, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is a living reality of what we just read in Isaiah 46, verse 3 and 4. Even from the womb and all through the life developmental stages, God says, I'm carrying you. Even to when you become an old gray-headed man or woman. Like Deke said, I'm with you from the beginning to the end. For me, that's special. That, that touches me, as David said, the inward parts. You know what I mean? That touches me deeply. And those who are in Christ Jesus, we don't have anything to worry about. Because God has control 
of our days. Not doctors, not anyone, but God. And of course, when we talk about the Father, we're also talking about the Son. Amen. Think we open this in prayer. I give you the blessing. Yes, sir. Deacon number one. <laughs> well, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you give us the ability to come and to, and to learn and to understand more about your son, Jesus. Father, he is the gift that you gave us in these special days. Yes, Lord. And Father, we ask that you will continue to open our eyes and, and our hearts to understand more and more about him yes. through our lives, the rest of our lives, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for for our brothers and sisters. We thank mm -hmm. you for healing them and for touching them. And Lord, we thank you for our young kids that come here and learn. And Father, we ask that they will have a long life and then they can preach to others. Yes, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. Speak, for we are here. Yes, Lord. Lord, as we come into this Christmas season, we just acknowledge that you gave your son to us and that's why we celebrate Christmas and that we will show that to the people that we come in contact with in this season that we will reach out the love of Jesus to them and show that to them through our actions and through our words and through our life in Jesus name <laughs> you are such a mystery. But every day we learn more and more about you. It's unbelievable. I just don't know what to say. I mean, you're just wonderful. We love you. We adore you. And I'm always asking you to hold my hand. It's amazing. You are amazing. And I'm so glad I got you in my life. Closes out deep. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this Bible study tonight. We ask that you keep sending people in our direction so that we can give them the word of God so that they can grow. We just need more people to spread your word to. And we thank you for sending them to us so that we can fellowship with them. And we just love you for everything that you do. Father, we thank you that 
You are God and God alone. Besides you, there is no other God. In this same context of you, speaking through the prophet Isaiah, you said, whom will you compare me with? Father, Lord Jesus already told us, there is no one in which we can compare you with. You are the only true God. And you sent your son Jesus to us, who saved us by shedding his own blood. And you raised him from the dead. He is the reason why we gather together. And it is in his name we gather tonight as your children. And Father, it is by you we live and move about and have our being. And Lord, as I was looking up at those vultures the other day, they were soaring so high. It was almost like they were, they found a, a wind tunnel where the heat rises and they were just climbing, flying higher and higher and higher. And the thought came over me as I was watching that, Father, that that's what it's like with Jesus. He is that, that pathway, that doorway to you, that if we would just find it by searching him out and believing in him and you, then we can ascend to the highest height in your very presence in his name. Lord, that's special that our Creator has opened the doorway of heaven for us to come in and fellowship with you in person in the Spirit by your Son Jesus. And your sweet, loving Holy Spirit is waiting down here to carry us to the secret place of the Most High so that we, Lord Jesus, can abide on the shadow of the Almighty. Thank you, Lord, for your children around the world, your body, both Jews and Gentiles. And I thank you, Lord, for your holy city, Jerusalem, and your people, Israel, the apple of your eye. I thank you, Lord, that the church began with Israel, and you allowed it to expand around the world. And now, from just about every nation, you have children, Lord Jesus, who call on your holy and sovereign name. Now, O oh Lord, our God, forgive us for our sins, for we acknowledge that we've sinned against you and that through Jesus, we have the forgiveness of sin. And now, Lord, our God, we're praying for our president-elect. Lord, it still seems to be a lot of confusion, but you already knew that. And Lord, you know who's gonna sit in that White House and you know who's going to govern your people. And we ask now, as your word has taught us, that we will be mindful of that person and that we will pray for that person just as we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we will ask you, O God, in Jesus' name, to have mercy upon our new leader and that you will endow that person with wisdom from on high and that you will fill that person with your spirit and they will call upon the name of the Lord and be saved and trust in you, Lord Jesus, and will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they will speak it from the White House so that those all the way down will be able to know that God 
is in America. Father, we love you. We ask now that by your spirit, pour out upon this place tonight as we study the mysteries that you had held from the foundation of the world and you made them known through your son, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We praise you and we exalt your son, Jesus, to the highest height. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, Miss Vicki. She's with us. She was in deep meditation. There's something else. Uh, I, I want to share with you that what Paul is about to reveal to this predominant Gentile church in Ephesus, which is modern-day Turkey, I want y'all to understand that the Jews alone did not understand the significance of this impact, what God was about to do around the world. We got to understand that when God called Abraham, the Jewish nation did not exist. Are you hearing me? The Hebrews came into existence through Father Abraham, and the name Hebrew means beyond the river. That is the river Euphrates. Abraham came out of the city of Ur, of the Chaldeans. Ur, you are. Even Father Abraham didn't fully understand what God had in store for the world. But he knew that God said through him all the families of the world would be blessed. But what exactly did that mean? Well, the Apostle Paul, under the guidance of God's Holy Spirit, is about to reveal what exactly that means. Are y'all ready to take a ride into the gates of heaven as the Spirit of God by the Son of God is going to reveal the mysteries of God to us? Let's take a look. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles. Now, this is a Jew saying to Gentiles, now remember, the Jewish nation was made by God himself from one person to over millions now. In Paul's day, we don't know how many millions of Jews there are. But it's been about now roughly 2,000 years since the first Jew was born to Father Abraham. Now, it was the Romans that called them Jews, but I'm specifically speaking about the Hebrew people. God's chosen people. And how we were outside of that covenant that God had made with Abraham. We didn't know the God of Abraham. We didn't know the God of Isaac nor the God of Jacob, the same God. But watch this. Verse 2. If indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. Paul said, I want you to understand something here. God has just used me to bring you his favor. 
It is the time of favor. This is the season of favor for you Gentiles. In other words, God is in the blessing business of making himself known to the Gentiles. And he's using me to do it. He said, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery. Well, what's this mystery? The Gentiles did not know God. In the previous chapter, he told you and I that there was a deep hatred between the Jews and the Gentiles. They didn't get along. He told you and I in the scriptures in chapter 2 that the Jews were God's chosen people. The Gentiles didn't even know God. They didn't even have hope. They was in the world with who? Without God. And folks, I don't know how bad off one can get other than being in the world without God. That's pretty doggone bad, isn't it? But Paul said, as I have briefly written already, and, and so he just told you, supposedly, you know, listen up. By which, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mysteries of Christ. Now, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men. Uh, Clinton, Paul is just saying that he was God's secret agent carrying a message of God that had not been revealed to any other human. And by Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ gave Paul the revelation knowledge of the mystery in which God, the treasured knowledge of God, that God kept to himself. He had not revealed it to anyone. Ooh. That's huge, isn't it, Deacon Amelia? Mm -hmm. How you doing tonight, brother? Doing good. Some which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, and that's huge to get that. As it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. Paul, he's so clever here. He said to the apostles. Why? What is he saying? The revelation that was hidden from the foundation of the world to men had came to earth in the flesh. What you talking about? You'll see in a minute. So the Holy Spirit told the apostles what it was and the prophets that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. Okay, I'm glad you asked that question. What do you mean by fellow heirs? What is an heir? Inherit something. It's a person who inherits something. So why did he put Gentiles there? Why did he say the Gentiles would be fellow heirs? Well, that means Israel then must have been the first heir of something from who? From God. 
That's why Paul has said in the previous chapter that you were in the world without God and from the commonwealth and the citizenship of Israel. Otherwise, you were left out until now. You know how he, he would write in his letter to the Colossian church, he said, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. Well, in the fullness of time, in other words, the timing was perfect by God. As you say, Deke, perfect timing. Now is the perfect timing by God to tell the Gentiles why they are being saved. Because God wants us saved too. Now's the time for that other half of for God so loved the world. Now, when he made that statement, he was talking to a Jew. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Where were the Gentiles? They weren't there. But the world just did not consist of Israel only. The world also consists of the rest of the world, the rest of the nations. Okay? And Paul said, God has told us that you Gentiles are now a part of that plan, that salvation plan. Watch this now. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same what? Body. And partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. Other words, Gentiles, it is time for you to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and be saved and brought into the body of Christ. Paul says time. God said that you are included in this. It is time for you Gentiles to hear the gospel and be saved to be a part of the Son of God and to share in the same inheritance as Jesus. And what's that? As a son, as a daughter. <coughs> God is our father. Mm -hmm. Now go back to Jesus' very first sermon, Miss Vicky, and he taught them in Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 9, he said, therefore pray in this manner. What was that manner? Our father. Our Father, who was he talking to? Us. No, those were Jews at that first sermon. He reminded Israel that God was their father. Mm -hmm. That's why Paul has said, Got to understand, yes, he made Gentiles. Oh, we couldn't exist, Deacon. But at this time, Paul said, it was not made known to Gentiles that God is also their father. He said, now the fullness of this thing is ready to go forward for you Gentiles to be included in the family of God. Okay, I understand that. Y'all are giving me generic statements. You're, you're missing the point here. 
The point is, when Jesus came, even when he sent out his, his apostles, his disciples to preach the gospel the first time, he said, do not go in the way of the Samaritans or to the Gentiles, but go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Why? Because God had laid that order out. The priority was Israel first, than the rest of the world. Okay? There was a perfect plan. Right? Now because we got this Bible and we know half-heartedly that, oh, well, any God, everybody's father? No. He's only the father of those who accepted his son, Jesus. But that salvation plan came first to the Jews. Jesus did commission his apostles to go out to the rest of the world. He said, when the Holy Spirit come upon you, you're going to receive power from where? From on high, and you shall be my witnesses. Where did he start at, Dickens? Jerusalem. What was the next place? Samaria. Judea. Yeah. Dan. Samaria. And then the rest of the world. Okay, which means the rest of the world outside of the nation of Israel. You got to see this. You got to be able to understand this now. What this man is writing to this church is huge. And the Holy Spirit has told Paul it is now time to reveal the fullness of God's plan to the Gentiles. And what's that? The preaching of the gospel to the nations. So that they too can believe in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and receive the promise of heir. What's that? Salvation. Okay? I love this book. Ephesians have probably always been my favorite letter of all the letters that Paul had written. And... He's telling some deep secrets of God here. He said the Spirit had told him, had revealed to him by revelation the deep secrets of God. Well, what's that? That you Gentiles are going to be fellow heirs in the promise. All right, well, let's move forward. He said, in Christ... Partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. So this man has been ordained by God to carry this glorious gospel to the Gentiles so that we Gentiles can partake in the promise of God. Verse 8, to me whom am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given. So he said, listen, I did some bad stuff, so I don't see myself as worthy as the other saints. But yet God has given it to me. That I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. In other words, the riches of Christ are so deep that you can't find them out. Okay? And he goes on to tell you and I, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. 
the fellowship of the mystery. And John would later write about that a little bit. And when he told you that which from the beginning, which we have seen, which we have heard, and which we have saw, okay, and which we have touched, what we have handled with our own hands concerning the word of life. Who was he talking about? Jesus. And saying how that eternal life that was with the Father has been manifested to us. And our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus. And that we are inviting you to be partakers of this fellowship with us. In other words, you all, we're inviting you to be saved. So you can join in with us Jews who are now in fellowship with God and his son, Jesus. And he said, then he goes on and tell him how. If you will confess your sins, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from what? All unrighteousness. That's pretty powerful, isn't it, Miss Vicky? And so when God did this, when you and I can look back over our lives and say, my, 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 what Father did for me. He took us unworthy nations and by his son Jesus cleaned us up by his blood, forgave us of our sins, and brought us in direct relationship, because that's what fellowship means, in direct relationship with God his Father in his own body. In other words, he took you and I and the rest of the nations when we are not worthy of God's presence, and Jesus took us, cleaned us up, and brought us into his own body and presented us as a family of God to God, his Father, along with the nation of Israel, those Jews who have accepted him as being their Messiah and their Lord. And here he took the two people, Israel and the Gentiles, made us one family in God he calls the church. Amen. Amen. And filled us with his Holy Spirit, and the Spirit testifies that we belong to Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's huge. In spite of the sin that we've done, the shame, possibly even the things that we're shameful to even talk about that we've done in secret. I know I am. And let me tell you what God did through Jesus. Bringing, literally, we were the scum of creation. Okay? What we, what our parents did, Adam and Eve, what they passed on to us, that sinful nature, that by raw instincts, what we call basic instincts, basic responses to God by nature is to disobey God, never caring about the things of God because it wasn't in our nature to. When Christ came in, he gave us a new nature, a nature that will be out of God's own heart. That's why Jesus said, you to love the Lord your God with all of your, what, what's the first thing on the list? Heart. Otherwise, be out of him with all of our heart, all of our soul, with all of our strength, and with all of our mind, with everything within us. We are to love the Lord God that way. 
And Jesus said, and not only are we to love God that way, but we're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And then he took it even further because Jews understood that, okay, I can love you, okay, from a distance, but I'm not going to love you up close. But Jesus says you got to love him even better than that. Well, how is that possible? Here's how it's possible. He said, now a new commandment that I give unto what? To you, that you love one another with the love that I have loved you with. You're to love each other well. Because remember, he is bleeding out his flesh on the cross. His womb, his flesh is wide open and naked to the elements, right? His body is exposed. His eyes are swollen shut. His lips were busted and swollen and cracking from the lack of fluids. Okay? He's in great pain, and yet he's on the verge of death. And he says to his father, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Here, the Son of God dying on the cross, asking for mercy for you and me. Agape love. That's the kind of love, he said, we're to love one another with. And Dick constantly reminded me that when Greg come in, sure, he had the word uh, rubbing me wrong. But Deacon Clinton reminded me, he said, come on, Pastor, you got to love that man the way God says you got to love him. And that hits me right here in the core because it lets me know that as much as Greg gets on my nerve, I still got to love him. I still got to care for him, even though he cussed me out a lot. And okay. I still got to care for him. I still got to be there for him. Why? Because my God sent his son, Jesus, to down the cross for me. He sent his son to down the cross for you. Okay, when we, Jesus said, we were unworthy people to stand before God. That's why Paul said we were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel as citizens. Other words, in the world without God and without hope. Well, what does that mean? Bubba, we were bad off. Okay, there was nothing left for us. And so through the Lord Jesus Christ, God did an amazing thing. As Miss Marie said in her prayer, I was listening. I listened to y'all prayers very carefully. How amazing. The word amazing means that, uh, let me tell you the, the direct definition for the word amazing because it ties in what we're talking about. It, it means to catch something by surprise. It's almost saying, like, oh, I didn't know you had that in you, right? That's what the word amazing means. So each time we see God do something, we are also going, ooh, look at that. Wow, can you believe God did that? I am now. I see the evidence how much God cared for me through his son Jesus. Even though I'm not worthy of such love, yet it was freely given. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ told his disciple, freely you received it, freely give it. We don't get to pick and choose who hear this gospel. Okay? We give it freely. That's why, you know, I don't want to chase this rabbit that's going on in my head. I just ain't going to go there. I don't want to do that. Amazing stuff here, Miss Vicky. Do you see this? And, and so it was impossible for Gentiles to know the unsearchable riches of Christ 
and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages have been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. Did y'all get that? God had the mysteries kept in himself and in his son Jesus, who through Jesus Christ created everything. That's why when Michael them show up or Gabriel or any other angels, why do you think the angels came to the shepherds at night that abiding in the field? They knew who that baby was. He wasn't just a baby in flesh. He was there and is and always shall be our creator. Yeah, that's amazing that they, the shepherds, the Holy Spirit had to go into those shepherds to make them follow the star. No, it wasn't the shepherds that followed the star. The shepherds went in the direction of the angel. Okay. okay. There was a star. There, there was a star that came later uh, with the wise men. Now, they, 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 those two events are absolutely separate. So, um... He did not enter them. The, the angels directed them. And of course, we know who orchestrate the things on earth is God's spirit. But, but God was directing it from heaven. And an angel showed up um, and gave the gospel message because the word gospel means good news. And gave that those Jewish men abided in the field that night who would have known the scriptures because they had been taught them. Um... The, the good news that their Lord, their King, their Messiah, because when they said Christ the Lord, the word Christ, Christo, is the same word that's used in Hebrew that means Messiah. Okay? He just told them that Mashik, Hamashik, Hamashik, means the, Ha is the, it's the definite, definite article in, in Hebrew. Mashik means Messiah. That the Messiah, which is in Greek, Christos, the Messiah had just been born. And wow, from an outsider point of view, having given all the documentations, all the evidence which called the Bible, the Word of God, it's easy for us to deduct and look and say, whoa, look at that. You know, it's, lawyers do it all the time when they look at the law and they look at all the evidence that's presented and they know how to come and present a case before the judge and the judge hears the case, right? Well, here we are, men and women of God, and even those who are not still have the same word available to them we can look and examine all this, and it's easier for us to stand back and say, wow, look at that, okay? But if you're a Jew, at that time, there was no New Testament, all right? There was no teachings of Paul that explained a lot of the prophecy that was given in the uh, Old Testament as we know it. Uh, when you hear that this Messiah, the Messiah, had been born. And you are a shepherd, and you're outside of Bethlehem. I'm getting ahead of myself because this is going to be the sermon Christmas Day. Um, well, no, you're mixing them up. 
You keep mixing the, the, the wise men up with the shepherds. The shepherds lived right outside of Bethlehem. Okay. The wise okay. They came much later. They're the ones that Not the same night. Television confuses things. The, the events occurred at different times and possibly months apart. Okay? And we do know this because the kids that were targeted was from two, age two and under. So it could have possibly, the baby could have been as old as two years old. But anyway, we do know that Jesus, the Son of God, that night came here. He was a human baby with the Spirit of God in him. He's carrying the mysteries of salvation of the nations in him. And he's going to later, over three decades later, would reveal this mystery to a man named Paul. Because remember in Paul's letter, he said, I did, he said, immediately when I got saved, he said, I didn't go down to Jerusalem and confer with the apostles. He said, I went into Arabia, which is known today as Saudi Arabia. And there he said, the Lord by revelation knowledge, Jesus by revelation showed him all of this stuff, what happened. And explained the mysteries of God to him about the Gentiles. Wow. And I was looking at the other day, and this is just a sidebar teaching for you all, how all the people in Scripture, there would only be one Noah to build an ark. Jesus chose him. There would only be one Father Abraham. Are you seeing this? One Isaac, one Jacob, one Joseph, one Moses, one Samuel, okay? One shepherd boy named King David will later be king, okay? No other prophet like Isaiah who saw Jesus fully in his fullness of royalty sitting on the throne in heaven. He walks in the temple one day thinking he's going to do no more priestly duties and he's walking down the halls of God in heaven and looking at Jesus sitting up on the throne high and lifted up. My, 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 that must have been something. Are y'all getting this tonight? That you and I and every person along this life journey, God has handpicked for assignments. And nobody else can do the assignments but you. And each one of these men, think about it, Mary, the only woman on earth chosen by God of millions upon millions of women that have been born upon the earth and that would be born upon the earth would be the only one chosen by God to bear his son, Jesus. That had to be something. You, you think about this stuff. And yet this man, Paul, as treacherous as he was, God said, I got a plan for him. And I'm going to use him 
mightily. And that's what Jesus told him. That's what Jesus told Ananias. He is my chosen vessel. And you go like, but Lord, have you seen what he done to your people? And that's not what Ananias said. Have you not seen, you seen what he did to your people? <coughs> and Jesus basically told Ananias, go do what I told you to do. And now this man, under the direction and guidance of God's spirit, is now directing the affairs of God on earth. He's now proclaiming what those mysteries were that was once hidden inside of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus told his baby, and not just me speaking like that. I know Paul was a grown man, but to God, we're, we're what? Infants like. He says to his baby, it's time. It's time for you to go and tell them. And it's almost like the kids that knows the secret that the rest of the children don't know in the house. And they go, mommy, mommy, can I tell? Or daddy, can I tell? Can I tell? Can I tell them? And God by the Spirit tells Paul, it's time. Tell them. They need to know what I have in store for them. They need to know that John 3.16, as we know it, because it was the Catholic Church that assigned chapters and numbers to it, they need to know that my word, where I told Nicodemus that night, for I so loved the world that I gave my only begotten son to you, the world, that whosoever believes in him, and you, you put Jesus in there, and Jesus said, whosoever believes in me will not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life. Okay? And so now this mystery is being told. I don't know where we are in time right now. You know, I don't wear a watch. But here we, okay, here we have it. That the Lord is doing some amazing things here, using your word, Miss Marie. So this mystery, which was from the beginning of the ages, has been hidden in God. Did you get that, Deacon? Mm -hmm. Hidden where, Miss Vicky? This mystery, where was it hidden at? Inside God. And you and I both know that nobody can get inside God except him who come directly from God. What's his name? Jesus. Jesus. And Jesus has now told Paul, he said, I want you to make it known. And he's doing that. So, in verse 10, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. Uh-oh, now here's the part that should blow your socks off. You ready? That now, notice that, to the intent that now, Okay, I wish I had my Greek Bible right beside me, and I believe that the, 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 the Greek word there for now is newness. It's saying that the manifold wisdom, the Sophia, okay, the wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. In other words, it is our responsibility to show the spirit world the power of God in Christ Jesus in us. 
so as Miss Vicky was interceding for her granddaughter and I touched and agreed with her and we kept saying together through our texts back and forth that there's power in the name of Jesus. And Ms. Vicky said, I take authority over this. And I say, and I touch and agree with you. Why? Because Lord Jesus says, where two or more touch and agree on anything on earth, I will do it where? In heaven. So that's why I said to you, sister, rise up. There's now time that the power of God be displayed in you. And watch the power of God be at work in your grandchild. Did I not tell you that? And what happened? Did it not come to pass? The world that's listening on this mic, on this podcast, need to hear this, Miss Vicky. And I want you to say it loudly again. Did God, by the power of Jesus, not bring to pass our prayers of him healing your granddaughter? Yes, he did. When we took authority, the powers of darkness had to obey. Amen. And that's what he said, that the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, not only a witness before God is a testimony to God, but those demons in the atmosphere could see that God is real. And there's a power in the name of the Son of God. And when Jesus says something, Jesus does it. Amen. Am I a little excited? Yeah. <laughs> you betcha. It's time that Paul said it's now time for the church to show the world who God is, who Jesus Christ is. Stop hiding in these four walls and start proclaiming the power of God in Christ Jesus in the people's lives. And watch the principalities observe it. And it's almost like in your face, demon. Watch God move. This is something else. This also says to Michael and Gabriel as they're watching, God is at work in us by his son, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and those brothers, I, I call them brothers because God do call the angels his sons. Uh, Gabriel took the gospel to Zacharias, you know, John the Baptist's dad. He took the gospel to who? To Mary. He took the gospel to Daniel. Amen. Yeah. God's faithful servant. Say again, big brother? Messengers. Yeah, messengers. And so, as we continue a little bit further, verse 11, according to the eternal purpose, in other words, Miss Vicky, it is not going to change. God's plan is unchanging. That's why I say eternal purpose. Okay? 
which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus Christ is the one who has done these things. God used his son Jesus to manifest his power throughout the ages. God used his son Jesus to manifest his power to the prince of darkness. God used Jesus to manifest his power to his angels. God used Jesus to manifest his power to us humans. And God used Jesus to manifest his power to the natural realm of what we call the things of nature. He spoke to the wind. He spoke to the sea. He spoke to darkness. In Joshua time, Jesus spoke to the sun and it stood still. Okay? You got to understand who Jesus is. He is the creator of all things. Why shouldn't all things listen to him? When he told Judas, and it was Satan who was in Judas, Jesus was looking at Satan face to face. In Judas, he said, what you do, do quickly. And three and a half years earlier, when they met up in the wilderness, at the last temptation that Satan had tried on him, he said, you are to worship the Lord your God and him only. Now be gone. Ooh. This is Jesus, God's son. And we want to relegate him down to a merry head a little. Why him? We want to keep him in a manger. Or we want to keep him on a cross around our necks. Let me tell you something. Jesus would never be beaten again. Never again would a human hand touch him in an adverse manner. When he comes back again, Human, human hands will be prostrated on the ground before him, worshiping at his feet. That's what we will be doing. And Paul said, let me tell you something, Gentiles. When the nation of Israel is brought before the world as God's people, you Gentiles who have chosen God's son will also be there as his sons and as his daughters. That's what Paul told the church in Rome. In chapter 8 of the letter of Romans, he said, Therefore we cry out, Abba, Father. Who you on tonight, deacon? You're sharp as a tack. To God be the glory. Abba. Father, that is intimately, intimacy, that is relational. It doesn't get any better than that. That we get to call the almighty God, our Father, Dad, by Jesus, his son. Jesus himself called him Father. And we get to call him Father, too. That's awesome. That's awesome. In whom we have boldness 
and access with confidence through faith in him. Other words, by Jesus Christ, the Son of God, not only have we have access with confidence and much assurance that we can come, just as I'm walking right up to Miss Vicky right now, I love looking her in the face during Bible study. I'd like to make her nervous if I could. <laughs> uh, we get to come up to Jesus just like this. We can have the boldness to come up to our Lord and talk to him face to face. And we have the boldness through Jesus Christ also to enter into that most holy and sacred place, the very presence of God. Gentiles, you didn't know that. But this is what God has done. It's been in his plan. He just hadn't revealed it. But it's yours also. Moving right along. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at any of my tribulations for you, which is your glory. In other words, this brother is in prison and he's writing this letter to the church in Ephesus. And he's telling them, don't lose heart. I'm going to ask y'all to do something to pray for Vernon. Vernon is going through a very difficult time of his life. And I will say to you, I was going through a very difficult time of my life recently, and I can't disclose yet, but one day I will. And so, anyway, God is moving. So we'll pray for him and we'll pray for. You say your grandfather's sick? Yes, sir. What's he called? Okay. Is she out there to pick you up? Yes, sir. Okay. So let's do it now. Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive us for our sins. And Lord Jesus, we're asking you to clean us up. Father, we know there's power in the name of Jesus, the power to heal, the power to deliver, the power to fill with the Holy Ghost. We're asking that you heal my father-in-law right now. We take authority over this sickness in the name of Jesus. You're healed. And for Vernon, in the name of Jesus, we're decreeing that you're going to serve the Lord God and worship Lord Jesus all the days of your life. And your mind in Jesus' name right now is regulated. Vernon, all the labels that's been put on you are all lies. You are a child of God, blood bought, blood purchased, blood saved by the Son of the living God, Jesus Christ our Lord. And you will stand on the day of judgment not as the enemy of God, but as a son of God. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Let's go a little bit further. We can get through this. Uh, so it says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ,
from whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be, the, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. In other words, he does not want your spirit to be what? Weak. Okay? That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Brothers and sisters around the world, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, want you and I to be filled with the Spirit of God who fills us with the love of God. And he doesn't want that to change. He wants us to be strengthened in Christ Jesus, in our inner man, and so that we would know the fullness of the measure of God's love in us by his son Jesus. Okay? Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we'll ask, some translations say able to ask, but here's according to the power. Let me go back. I skipped it a little bit. Let me reread that. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. That's called a doxology. And he's given God the glory for his son Jesus. And it lets you and I know that God is able to do more than what we can imagine. Let me see who this is. I normally don't like to take the must be emergency at the house. Uh, hello? Yes. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. That was Matthew telling me he had called the paramedics because his grandfather was throwing up. Well, God got him. There's no worry in me. And so, to God be the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Very powerful chapter from the Apostle Paul to the Gentile church in Ephesus. Ephesus. Um, still applicable for us today. Okay? Uh, don't lose heart. Hang in there. Jesus Christ is our Lord and knows everything that's going on with us. He got it in control. Amen? Amen. And we'll say to our friends around the world that you can see us, um, you can get to this through our podcast, um, our Facebook. Go to Facebook slash uh, WC High Springs or Witness of Christ High Springs. And you can see a little bit about us. We want to ask you all to send your prayer requests to us too so that we can sit down as a church and pray for you. And you can mail your prayer request to us at 18583 High Springs Main Street, High Springs, Florida, 32643. And if you need to pray with someone, you can even call us at area code 386-454-7500.
God bless you.